This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's when the time. Hello and welcome to the Low Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Dan Hunt. Yet more lies in the mainstream media this evening. I don't know, eh? Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. It was. It appears there was an imposter on the news this afternoon. Yeah, a coup d'état in the podcasting world as Dan waved the Low Strangers flag on BBC Points West with Alistair Durden this evening. A fine job he did staring into the logo. <laughs> what a setup that was, by the way. <laughs> yes. Oh, Joe, it's episode 600. That's too many, isn't it? It does definitely feel like too many, but you know, I, I remember being a little boy th- thinking, one day I'll be on episode 600 of our podcast, and here I am at 24 years old, fulfilling yet another dream. Um, yes, yeah, 600. Thank you, everybody who listens to this podcast. It's There's no way anyone has a goal of getting to 600 episodes, but I absolutely have a goal to get to 1,000 now. Yeah, you've got it this far. You may as well make the four figures. <laughs> and, then, and then at that point, potentially pack it in but for 600 is just an absolutely insane number it's too many too many but thank you everybody for for sticking with us through the rants and the celebrations and everything in between it's quite telling joe that i said rants first before celebrations yeah rants definitely precedes that and Probably you required a larger gap ahead of celebrations. <laughs> okay, then. Well, you know, I can't think of a better way to spend the 600th episode full of 
press conference gold with Michael Flynn to discuss with yourself. So shall we give it a go? Let's do so. It really was a gem of a press conference. (laughs) Save the best for the 600th. Well, before we get that way, we lost in midweek. It's finally happened. Uh, No huge surprises, no major grievances. You were there. How did you find it? Yeah, I I imagine everyone else has sort of seen it the same way, but uh, largely very impressed by Notts County. I thought they were a very good team, put us to the sword in the first half. There are a couple of you know, moments, and Michael Flynn talks about them, where maybe things go a different way, but I don't think anyone can have too many quarrels of having lost that game. Notts County, are, you know, I wasn't at Wrexham, but uh, far away the best side I've seen so far this season. Um, they, they were they were really quite good in that first half. So they managed to turn it around a bit in the second, but uh, you know, my match report was written after about half an hour. Like, you know, there was there was no re- realistic way that game was going any other direction other than a defeat after a certain point. Yeah, yeah, and and there were moments in that second half where things could have changed, but they didn't. And we move on. How did you find the uh, the media facilities? It looked like space for you this time. It was a it was a very roomy one. Um, you know, I think they had about four rows, and there was there was probably only a handful of us. Certainly, written press. There was pretty much just me that I saw but there were you know not in front of my desk but there were a couple of monitors in the on the seats as well uh, they had a proper room it wasn't just like a cupboard like at Swindon or non-existent like most other places uh, it was lovely it was, it was a lovely ground to just to just to be in really for two hours ahead of kickoff and then a little while afterwards and uh think it might be another good ground this weekend as well Ooh, i do love your progress how you you know stuck the boot in by referring to swindon's press area as a cupboard but also highlighting the fact that at least there's a cupboard and and not nothing like other clubs yeah i'm 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 happy to go both ways i'll be negative about swindon and be negative about everyone else that's that's (laughs) how i roll well in terms of the presser usually there is like a, a final thought section by michael flynn but it didn't really happen for this one, which was yourself, Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Wiltshire and Alistair Durden of BBC Points West. But there was a question kind of like the first 10 games and how he thinks it's been going. And there could only really be one answer here. Yeah, um, it, you know, great start. Uh, you know, he uh, again addressed the sort of uh, could could have been even more points on the board. Um, I, I think he maybe thinks the Notts County game could have been a win based on some of the some of the answers he gave ac- across the sort of uh, twenty minutes or so that we had him. Um, but you know, he's, I, I think there's there's only real one way to look at it, and it, it is very much from the positive view that Swindon have essentially surpassed all expectations early this season. Played some played some great and enjoyable football, and Michael Flynn's is you know clearly he's um, as we know he's never one to get ahead of himself. He's very very firm in that particular uh, <laughs> belief system but he's uh he's been very pleased with the way that things have started oh, color me shocked one other thing that comes to an end this week is is my peddling of we should have won every game this season that that has also been laid to rest which is a great shame because i was loving that i mean you could always count the uh, potential hepburn murphy penalty as uh another one for that column after about eight minutes so if you if you want to continue that narrative then then we can do it if we want to oh and we can but it was a penalty wasn't it i mean it's it's two games in a row that there's i've got i've actually got photographic evidence of swindon and hepburn murphy in particular should have been having penalties uh, you don't get it. It's kind of how it goes. Uh, they're several, technically speaking, shouldn't have had the penalty at Morecambe. 
Um, so, you know, uh, you get some of them, you don't get some of them, and I don't think you can really have too many complaints based on the way the rest of the match went. I wish to complain, please, but yeah, I get your point. Right, sustainability. So how do we sustain this uh, form over 10 games across the 46? Uh, what did Michael Flynn say here? Well, Michael Flynn was, of course, uh, schooled in the footballing uh, mecca of journey songs uh, we can't stop believing we got to keep going um, and then obviously the the luck and the injuries and things uh, are needed and um, to uh, keep that squad harmony going which even if a couple of them are trying to poison each other every Friday night uh, they need to keep that part together and uh, make sure they keep moving forwards and uh, keep believing that one matcher, but mostly it's the believing part. Yeah, don't stop believing. Come on, Michael. Yep, with some luck, with injuries and loans and new signings, which he doesn't need right now, but maybe to sustain in the future. But definitely not right now, as we'll get to later. Yeah, definitely not right now. Definitely not having even more injuries to, to be concerned with. Not right with. now, exactly. Not right now. So what do they need then? So we've lost against Nost County he highlights the fact that we played some good stuff and we did there were times when we when we got the ball where we moved it around well but what else do we need here yeah i think he's most looking at uh that consistency so he's spoken a lot about tyree shade and wanting him to have that consistency but i think he felt that the whole team against Notts county perhaps lacked that particular trait that i think he said you know in patches there was some really good football in the first half which which he's right on as you point out um but they need to you know you can't be doing it for 45 minutes here, 45 minutes there. He really wants them to to put another 90 together because, you know, debatably it's been a couple of weeks since when they're putting a, a complete performance across across a match and not had, you know, a few periods in games in which they've let things get away from them a little more than they needed to. Um, and it is about, you know, making sure that they're playing some of the football that they have played, but you know, more kind of more often, I, I guess, is, is what he's mostly getting at. I think the football over the last four games has been a return to normality. First one, very comfortable win against Walsall. Nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't hugely exciting. It was just controlled and well-disciplined by town. Then the 2-2 at Morecambe should have won, but it was, you know, just a game which will be long forgotten in the not too distant future the win against grimsby was was fine but again not not perfect and very normal in terms of league 2 football and notts county was an impressive opposition to it's probably one of the better out of that four even though we haven't won it in terms of what was on show but i do feel like it's very easy for the club and the media to to dwell on what happened up until the 9th of September, but now it's not the business time, but now it's it's back to reality and just making sure we get the points on the board in ahead of the, the just wild nature of the opening month of the season. Yeah, well, as a part of that media, I, I promise to everyone that I will not be dwelling on any positives for any length of time. I will be make sure of that, that I will focus on the fact that the football is still good, but not quite as good. Yeah, exactly. And it, there, was, there was no complaint there, I assure you. It's just, it's not 5-5, five, 6-0, five, 5-3 and, and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I think we are now just getting into the rhythm of, of normality, so to speak. Um, and we will keep banging on that negative drum until 
until we're firmly told off by someone. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll keep going until um, a few of those uh, Facebook and various other DMs that you get, Rich, start to really cut through the skin. They happen. Uh, <laughs> they don't cut, but they're like, oh, not the point. But anyway, that's for another episode. Another major success of the season so far, which hasn't let up really, is goal scoring. A ridiculous amount. And it would be so nice to to have a season where like we're spending half our time standing up celebrating that that would be a joy and it you know who knows it might I mean possible um both Dan Kemp will get onto this as well but Michael Flynn uh saying we should even have had another 10 goals on top of the ones we've already scored um you know with the terms of chances created because uh, if anyone does remember back to those op- opening weeks of the season um Swindon were in, in fact uh well Michael Flynn said a couple of times that he felt they were a bit wasteful in the early games. If you look at Forest Green and Crew Alexandra, so you know, I think there is there's clearly it's clearly there that Swindon are creating a lot of chances, and um, you know, Michael Flynn firmly believes that the goal scoring can, can and hopefully should continue. Given the style of play that they're looking to adopt, being quite so um, outgoing and exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. I've just realised that the four games I'm referring to and declaring at the end of the swashbuckle. Jake Young hasn't scored in any of those. So maybe he was our shining light. He was our magical summer romance. Who knows? Um, Let's hope he returns to form after uh, he has his weekend off. Yeah, he was swashbuckler in chief of those those glorious summer days. But I'll skip ahead to quickly answer that question. Uh, Michael Flynn saying that he thinks that the the time off might actually benefit um, Jake Young in terms of he's been a bit ill recently. Now he gets a bit more time to properly recover from that and get back to full fitness and hopefully discover his uh, magic form in front of goal against Newport. There's no way that man wanted to be on the pitch earlier than the half time as he had to do against Notts County. It wasn't a great game for him and no one's slating him for it considering he was ill, but man, he huffed and he puffed and he didn't get much, did he? I was I was looking at it afterwards because I wasn't uh, completely sure what he did, but uh, he, was, he was doing a lot of channel running for a for a man that wasn't, was definitely not fully up to speed and was a little bit poorly. So fair, fair play to Jake Young. He really put it on the line. He would, you know, he wasn't getting the rewards in the way he would have wanted. Yeah, and and since the loss, as we move on, since the loss, we we've dropped down to sixth, which is fine. If you would have told me after ten games we'd be sixth with a game in hand, and if we won that game in hand, we'd be second. That's that's nothing wrong with that at all. But something that our fine unbeaten run didn't do was break us away from the pack really did it i mean it's still a very open division from from first really down to mid table though Notts County have got a lovely amount of points on the board when he was asked about getting carried away i, I do wonder like we're, we're not there yet you know we've had a good time but a bad weekend at bradford could see us drop a few more places and and suddenly it's it's kind of like it doesn't undo the great start but it it begins to feel like well here we go into the winter into the cold season we go and and hopefully we can we can regroup and get some form at the moment it's just one loss that's all it is it's still so early isn't it yeah absolutely i mean i i think even in the those those lovely sort of five six goal games i I try not to live on twitter although the job dictates it does i do somewhat I don't think anyone was ever getting too carried away with what was going on. I think there was always that 
that lingering realism um, that uh, things like this don't last forever, and we've we've seen the squad basically. Um, so I, I don't think there was it was ever going to go that way. But uh, my, Michael Flynn is is not. Uh, we've we've heard the whole time he's been very much of the well long season. Um, I'm pretty sure the words long season or 46 game season or X number of games to play probably been said in every press conference so far. So you know, we, we've known very clearly that his. His feet never leave the ground, even if he's jumping. Yeah, I think it's a good card to play as well. You know, you'd, you'd rather be up there at the end of the season, all those cliches, but he has been pushing towards its points on the board, and that's the most important thing. But yes, totally agree with what you said. And I think we all know what fans have been talking about consistently through in this. I think really the, the, the debate or the arguments on social media is enjoy this versus but we need depth. So, you know, that, that's that been the real sort of discussion point over the last month or so is either fans that just like, Do you know what, just shut up about squad depth and let's just enjoy the fact that we're winning games, scoring lots of goals and, and so forth versus I am enjoying this, but I really want us to go up too. So can we have, you know, I think that's really been the debate, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I personally like to enjoy the football with my mates and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it's it's always thinking about uh, no. It, should you should you just live in in the moment and enjoy the fact that Swindon were you know breaking goal scoring records and doing all of this stuff, or you know worrying about whether or not that um whether what the sort of long term viability of that is, and I think that's probably a sort of half empty, half full kind of debate in many ways. But I I think we always anyone who's watched Swindon for any length of time is always going to think, yes, but how could this go wrong? And there were some pretty clear ways where it could. It hasn't done yet in any in, in any remote way. Um, we'll see after Bradford if, if things continue, well, not continue, but you know, go go a little further away from, from brilliant. And, um, and maybe some of those um, slightly more negative people who mostly seem to live in advertiser comment sections, um, their, their theories come true or, or if hopefully things can continue on at a pretty good piece how are you finding that uh comment section it's fun i mean it's it's certainly a place there is there is i quite enjoy just being in uh doing live blogs and sort of letting people fight it out in in the comment section for them and uh the, the sort of inviting i quite enjoy is of a sort of um uh, on a sort of gossipy level of uh, watching people take swings at each other who weren't even in the comment section at the time that's always quite funny and the fact that they know each other's names is is quite cute but uh it's uh it's not a place i'd like to spend too much time although obviously i do need to do need to read it at various points just to see what the people are saying yeah death taxes and absolutely crazy comments in the advert <laughs> comment section uh the three absolute certainties in life let's move forward then so we're going to go down the squad road now we'll start with injury updates because we did learn something in midweek there was another injury and that was jake kane what's the damage what's the time scales well it's not good news i'll put it that way jake kane obviously uh, not listed on the monday injury report but um was excluded from the squad against new against knots county i i I'm not entirely certain on the timeline, but we were told that essentially he'd, on the morning of the game, um, have having come off and felt something before at the end of the Grimsby game, and um, it had thought it was getting better. But on that on that Tuesday morning, 
uh, realized he couldn't really put any weight on it, so he had to go away for a scan. And uh, it's not good news. He's had a little tear in a ligament, was the phrasing used. And it could be anything between four and 12 weeks. Big difference. Uh, which is a mass- massively wide timeline, anywhere between a month and three months. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, the way it was being said, it, it really doesn't feel like good news. And um, in case there was there was any chance of this, although I, I, Andrew and I kind of discussed, um, discussed it coming back from Nottingham, whether or not, um, this was possible. We kind of didn't think that it was, but uh, there isn't a possibility of bringing back Ricky Aguiar. We wouldn't be allowed to do that. So uh, we we have what we have in terms of the squad, and it's, it's Liam Kinsella at Cam, or it's no one off the bench by the looks of things. It was quite an inconsistent bit of quotes from, from Flynn because he's, he's saying, like, he's got a little tear in the ligament could be anywhere between four and 12 weeks and then later when we talk about uh, the 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 transfer market he refers to you know okay nobody knows he said he feels fine this morning so it, it's kind of like which is it it's probably longer isn't it but it just ends up creating more questions yeah it was inconsistent is the kind of kind way to put it I, i'm not sure I I definitely I mean whenever they say a time length I'm always thinking it's the longer end but uh, I guess I'm just too I'm just too negative. Um, it is but good. yeah, it it definitely feels like because we were told on Tuesday he couldn't put weight on it and I guess maybe he's he's walking a bit easier now. Um, but I, I find it very unlikely that he's able to play again until at least November. I think you know when he's talking about that timeline um, and then saying nobody knows it's definitely at least a month probably more because these things very rarely clear up quickly and even if it you know even if he is feeling fine you kind of expect that if he were to try and you know play on it a bit sooner than than that timeline would suggest and he would probably flare something up and it would get even worse again so yeah the the other comments I, I think are possibly maybe him just scrambling a little bit in terms of answering the question it's it's probably more likely the more considered actual answer to the injury question than the rest of it more likely yeah Kane sounds like somebody who just wants to play football and he's probably a bit frustrated but hopefully I've seen this almost weekly at the moment hopefully he comes back as soon as possible we said the same about Ben Ward where are we at with Ben Ward well Ben Ward is good news because we obviously knew he was having a scan this week as well so it became a, a bumper day in whatever scan room they end up actually going to um he he's actually fine um, in terms, there's not nothing properly wrong with him. He's just um, feeling discomfort still, so he's not available. He's mm. no, he's not he's not ready to play. Um, mm. But there's nothing serious about his injury, which we we kind of talked about being slightly worried that there might be. Um, so that's I guess a positive thing. But he kind of it wasn't quite Joey Barton, but it did kind of get the sense of we're not sure why he feels no unable to play. Because their you know their medical testing didn't really find anything. Oh dear! Hopefully that sorts itself out. But yeah, it's frustrating because you do want just definitive answers. You we need that body in in the eighteen at the moment. So hopefully they figure it out. But yeah, frustrating. Okay, well, it it's just has to be asked, doesn't it? The free agent question this time. You know, he's he's listing. And this is where we get to the Kane quotes where you know he's listing who can play where which i get but it i think he's a i think it was said in in the low strangers chat 
Michael Flynn seems like a company man and he is just saying there ain't going to be any signings and now I'm going to list all the players that don't play in their own positions and where they can play elsewhere if we do need them to. You know, when people like Brooklyn Genesini is mentioned as a number 10, but he hasn't played a single minute since Arsenal at the end of August. Well, still a week of August left when that game was played out. What did he say? Give me. I'm just waffling on here. What was the main detail? Yeah, there is definitely company man to this. I think Andrew put it very well, Tim, in terms of the Kane injury. That you know, how much more urgency is there in the free agents thing? Because uh, long story short, they didn't offer them to the trialists they had, what? Uh, which we expected, <laughs> um, which was a caught me by a major surprise. But you know, there was no suggestion that anyone else, anyone was currently in the building in that way. Um, we certainly haven't had an update of the signing, so they've, they've uh, moved on from the litany of Leicester youth players. Um, but he, he said he didn't think it was urgent um, and he's not going to panic. And then back to the the classic, you know, we won't sign someone it's, unless it's right. Um, and he, he made reference to that he wouldn't sign anyone unless someone made him push the button. Um, I, I assume that's referring to like fans forcing, uh, he's, as referring to you know a player comes to their attention that forces them to think, okay, this is the right person. But um, in in regards to um, saying that, you know, because again, this is a discussion that Andrew and I had that when you're chasing a game, Lee and Kinsella isn't really someone you want to bring off the bench to try and get you a goal. Uh, That's not really his game. He is a good player, but that's not him. Um, But uh, Michael Flynn said, you know, you could bring on Kinsella and that helps someone else play a bit higher up, like a George McEachern or... Genesini could play 10, which I think he did against Peterborough. I believe he came off the bench and played there. Uh, we've seen Tyree Shade play there as well, but he is also currently you know, second in line to left wing back, although possibly based on the next question, first in line to wing back. Um, and, and those players can play there. Um, and then he has the slightly confusing quote about Jake Kane as well. But um, yeah, he, he kind of lists all the squad players as being you know, able, able to play multiple positions, which they undoubtedly are, but I, I think I I think we all know he do, he knows it's not enough, and he's just having to pedal the line for whatever reason in terms of you know not wanting to make Swindon seem too desperate to outside agents or you know that there's the line he's been told about budget or whatever that reason is for him having to answer the questions this way. I think we all know that. If this was off the record, his answer would be different. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, Joe, to be honest. It doesn't necessarily mean it's because we don't have a pot to pee in. It could be also that agents are swarming over going, uni players, and I've got the man for you, but it'll cost this much. I think, not what irks, that's not the right word, and I'm not irked by it, but Tyree Shade gets pelters from Michael Flynn in press conferences, and he's citing him as someone who can play there where he doesn't even have faith in him to play in his favourite position. He's talking about Genesini playing at number 10 and he hasn't been bringing Genesini on in any position, even when we've had options to bring extra players on since August. I'm not convinced he has faith in these players, yet he's citing them as potential options. And that seems like a conflict to me. I Honestly, I could be talking complete nonsense here but it just you know if you can't bring them on in the 90th minute to time waste when we're several goals up then when do you bring them on to give them minutes I know they've had a practice match but that's not enough is it it's it it just it just feels like 
yeah, it feels like the company man statement. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not 100% certain on this, but I'm like 99% that we haven't made five substitutions at any point this season. You know, it's very rarely more than three substitutions. So he's, you know, there are situations where you can bring these guys on. You know, the, the current players can't be playing 90 minutes every week. So you know, if he's if he's not trusting a Genesini to do that, then, you know, would he really trust him to play at number 10 from the start, if say Dan or against MK Dons, for example, later this month, or, you know, um, if Dan Kemp, God forbid, gets, gets injured. Uh, are we seriously saying that? I, he has to say it, but um, for various different reasons, like we've said, but actions are suggesting that maybe he would not want to do that at all. So so when does Stephen Jonah get the uh, Ward 44 outfield shirt printed? I'm all for it. Die in minutes. I I pay to see that. Well, I saw um Callum Knowles uh, walking around wearing a a shirt a, a player shirt last season's player shirt, but uh, he was in the tunnel wearing kit. So he's ready, you know. Maybe we've gone, we've gone for a different target man. He's ready, and we're and we're ready to see it. Yeah, Ward up front like David James back in the day. Why not? Well, plenty of reasons why not. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on to some player specific stuff. You mentioned it before. Um, left wing back was discussed, and it sounds like Uwakwe's place in the eleven is in jeopardy. Yeah, we we kind of had this chat early in the season where you know, the, the, we had various different fit left wing unfit left wing backs, and Uwakwe eventually grabbed that spot. But it's had a tough couple of weeks, and Michael Flynn uh, agreed with that. He, he described it as having a bit of a lull in form. Uh, not not uh, our words; those those were his. Um, and from the vibe of the question, it very much felt to me like Tyree Shade is starting this weekend. Um, but then he also suggested that potentially we could move to a four at the back, which I presume would entail Fraser Blake Tracy playing left back. Um, and then they bring another midfielder in. Um, that was a potential option, he said, that they'd worked on during pre-season, despite having not played it at any point. Um, other than I, f- I believe they did actually move to a back four during the second half against Notts County. That's what it looked like to me. So, um, you know, he, he said that that was an option. So I don't know if that's mind games to McDonald, who, of course, is a rookie manager against us this weekend, or, um, or you know, he's he's being serious and saying that, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe the form of Tariq Uwakwe is, is cause enough to do that because, you know, he's, he's said enough times that he thinks Shade needs to do a lot more. So if he doesn't want to start him, then that is clearly the next best solution. Um, so, yeah, but fr- from what I understood from this question Uakwe will be on the bench at Bradford what's your preference as a town fan would you want to see that three at the back model that's been largely successful if not a little bit ropey at times because of the gaps we we leave do you want to see that come to an end for a game to allow a four at the back Um, I'm not convinced with shade in the left wing back position but at the same time, it worries me the notion of going forward at the back. They're prepped and ready to go either way. What would you prefer? Well, from my perspective, I just love the underlapping centre-back stuff so much. I think that brings so much to the play. Um, what, you know, Goldman Malife and Blake Tracy can do in those positions. You're not going to be able, certainly if he's playing as a centre-back in a four, Goldman Malife is in no way going to be able to do that um, if they were to switch. So, I mean... Tyree Shade has, has been in, in and out. Um, 
hit and miss uh, across his entire Swindertown career. Um, that's probably being a little bit generous. Um, but I, I think, you know, you lose so much by making that switch. I, d- I don't love Blake Tracy as a traditional left-back. I think he's better as a left centre-back. I think Shade's more than good enough. And I think he's shown at various points this season that he can very much play that position. And if Swindon can get on the front foot, I don't think there are too many issues with him playing there. So I would I would prefer that they stick with the back three because I think they're much more used to it. And I think it suits everyone else so much that you know, throwing the baby out of the bath a little bit if he, if he's you know, refusing to play Tyree Shade in that way. I'm weirdly invested in Tyree Shade and I fear that he will be scapegoated if if he goes into that left wing back position and it doesn't go well. I think he absolutely would be. Um, I, I, I don't think I don't think that's a I don't think that's a fear whatsoever. I think that's a reality that we're living in here. But you know, he came on. He, he played well against North County. I thought he impacted the game. He did all the things that he should be doing as as a player. With, as Michael Flynn has said multiple times, with his physical gifts, that's kind of the the way he should be able to play more often. So, you know, if he's able to do it for forty five minutes, give him a chance to do it for longer. Is is the way I'm looking at it. Okay, well, one other player discussed before we get to the actual game over the weekend, and I'm going to go full Guardian Football Weekly on this. Murphy Mahoney's good, isn't he, Barry? I mean, he's absolutely spectacular. This was, I I think, probably have to say the best part of the evening from a Swindon perspective, the fact that Murphy Mahoney makes this double save. Um, Michael Flynn and Tyree Shade said the same, that it's um, after the match as well, but... Flynn said it today that it was as good of a save as he's ever seen, the second one in particular. Um, I watched it probably about 10 times and I still haven't figured out how Murphy Mahoney gets across his line to save the second shot. The speed is it, it it's literally mind-bottling. Um, and Flynn said, you know, if, if a Premier League goalkeeper is making that save, then they would be talking about it all season. I know that's obviously the cliche if if like the if something like this happens, but I I do think it's true. I think, you know, say Alison Becker makes that save. I was like, oh, best keeper in the world. Mahomey not only did it against Notts County, he made a very similar save um, at the weekend against Grimsby as well. So <laughs> we've, we've, we've done very well finding him. Uh, I know we were all very unsure about Murphy Mahoney, but oh, bloody hell, he's good. Yes, he is. He is very good indeed. And I've said it many times on this podcast, I do prefer permanent signing goalkeepers who, who play over several seasons and you never know what might happen with Murphy Mahoney after the season. But considering the risk that I think lone goalkeepers are, we've got a really good track record with it, especially in the last two seasons. Yeah, I, I think you know, Steve Mildenhall deserves huge credit for what's been able to do. I, I think Murphy Mahoney was more of a Flynn guy than... than uh, than a Mildenhall guy because obviously he wanted him at Warsaw as well. But I, I think the fact that we've managed to hit, with the exception of the season we relegated from League One, pretty much every time with a goalkeeper since twen- since two thousand eleven, that's that's a pretty impressive run of goalkeeper signings. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here, enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, while Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Yandola returns it to Williams, left edge of the box, into the area he goes, cut back there! And it's the equaliser! A quick response from Swindon Town, and it's Harry McCurdy. The man who scored so many goals this season for Swindon, that's his 17th of this campaign. Okay, let's talk about Bradford City away this weekend. And Bradford City are having a Bradford City season. They're so hard to predict. I have absolutely no idea how this weekend is going to go. Not because of Swindon Town, because we are playing Bradford City. So they started the season with a loss and then they, they went unbeaten for a while. In their last five games, they've drawn two, won one and lost two. Those two losses have been their last two games. Uh, They lost 3-1 at home to Walsall. That wouldn't have been pretty. And then they lost 2-1 at struggling Tramier in midweek. That game cost Mark Hughes his job. Uh, Since then, Kevin McDonald, not to be confused with the former town manager Kevin McDonald, is in charge on a temporary basis. He's a former Scotland international who played in the Premier League with both Burnley and Fulham. He only joined Bradford in the summer and has been a reasonably regular fixture in the matchday squads. I would say, though, Joe, you'd expect Mark Truman to be quite a key figure in this because he's already on the coaching staff and he's managed Bradford over 30 times as either caretaker or joint manager over the last few years. Plenty of interesting players. They always have a couple that you've heard of, including ex-Swindon Liam Reidholsch. And of course, Tyler Smith, who hasn't had a good start to his life as a Bradford player. No goals in 10 appearances for him. Yep, there's the kiss of death. Before we go any further with our own opinions about Bradford, because I do want to talk about Bradford being Bradford, what did Michael Flynn have to say about Bradford City? Yeah, well, Michael Flynn, obviously, having played for Bradford, 91 appearances for the club, um, he's he was kind of asked a lot about the fans and the expectations there because I think we all see going into every season, Bradford think they're going to win the league. Um, and as yet, they haven't done so. Um, and Michael Flynn was talking about that. He said, obviously, that that is very much the case, that they do expect their teams to do very well, especially after, you know, probably, they were, I would imagine, rather disappointed to lose in the playoffs to Carlisle last season they would have expected to kick on from that they've got the the big ticket manager 
um, in or they did in have the big ticket manager in Mark Hughes, um, and they've they've not managed to to move on and get better. They've got rather significantly worse because they're 18th in the league. Um, but he he did say that I think the the big part is that you know, we always well, the new manager bounce is always going to get thrown out there. Um, every team thinks they suffer from it a lot. And I've seen a lot of that from Swindon fans because I was trying to lean into that at various points of the week in terms of content. Um, but he, he says that he does expect it to be quite a big factor because the Bradford crowd obviously being quite large. Um, he described it as being a bit of a hostile atmosphere for the team at the latter days of the Hughes era and the fact that they've he's gone. And, um, you know, you would expect the players to be uh, trying a bit harder for one of their teammates um, if he's, you know, as you, he's the figurehead caretaker, but as you say, probably not going to be doing a, all of the duties um, in that department. And he says that the Bradford crowd do very much like to get behind a team that they can see is trying as hard as they can. So if they if they can get that much out of themselves, then Michael Flynn is expecting a bit of a difficult atmosphere for Swindon to be playing in. Yeah, a lot is said about their attendances. At least once this season, they've come close to 19,000, which is incredible. But I think they average around about 17 overall. Is that a factor of why I always expect Bradford to be up there? Is it because I'm of a generation that remember Bradford City in the Premier League or Championship at an absolute minimum uh, they kind of came up with us i think in 95 96 we certainly are certainly around that time but they just perennially seem to balls it up now they might have a tremendous remainder of the season but they're just so hard to predict i i can, I can never ever figure them out because one week one season we can play them and they look great and the next season they they can look lousy i just I find them one of the most unpredictable sides at this level. Yeah, I think the expectation from everyone else, as you say, Bradford, I mean, I don't remember them being a Premier League club necessarily, but I definitely remember them being slightly higher up the food chain than this. Um, and it's not a bit of a Swindon situation where um, the ownership isn't necessarily what you would want it to be. They they have a fair amount of investment in this team. They have the big crowds. You would expect that they'd be able to perform like a team that has both of those things, but you know, we 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 all remember the sort of pseudo rivalry we had with Bradford during the Doyle season and everything that went on then in terms of you know Bradford's expectations of themselves being very high and they started well and fell off and then they've had a couple of down seasons and I think probably there was less expect a little less expectation on them last season even with Hughes there and then they exceeded it that time and they've fallen back again so it it doesn't make an awful lot of sense why they struggle quite so much at this level, but they are having quite a few problems with it. Yeah, they've been in the bottom two tiers for almost 20 years and they've been in League Two for five consecutive seasons. So they're very much part of the lower league furniture. So yeah, I I, I can never figure them out. I mean, the big news this week, of course, is that Mark Hughes lost his job. (laughs) I joked about it recently, didn't I? That, you know, Mark Hughes loses his job and then their former captain is linked to them, which is Michael Flynn. And we've also had had Ginningham get rid of their manager, Neil Harris, uh, this week. And guess who played for them almost 100 times in the league also? Before we get to... Michael Flynn on his time at Swindon so far. What, what did he say about Hughes? Yeah, um, he he said that he was he was sorry to lose his job. Um, 
you didn't say they know each other, although they're Welsh, so I'm going to go ahead and assume that they everyone in Wales know, knows each other. Uh, JR can probably validate that one. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he said, um, I, I think maybe his Bradford, Bradford allegiance is colouring in a little bit. He definitely didn't seem to feel... Oh, well, he said he was sorry, but didn't seem to feel overly sorry um, about it. Um, he also, uh, in the way that um, he left, because he mentioned that he said, uh, I think he said, no, I'll, I'll put it as hostile um, in terms of not wanting to say a slightly more, um, you know, inflammatory word for the for the way that maybe that relationship was going at the end. So he definitely seemed to be um, possibly happy on the on the Bradford end that maybe they didn't. That uh, that uh, particular experiment of Hughes and their lower leagues didn't go too much further. Mm, okay, so yeah, Bradford, Ginningham, Michael Flynn must surely be a target for them, or would be a person of interest. If you look at the bookies lists, he's on neither. Um, there's been absolutely no noise about it, other than people like me going, "Ooh, that would be gross, wouldn't it?" But he was asked about being at Swindon and there was there was no way that he could answer this even if he was like telling his agent get me the Ginningham job now there, there is just some nothing in it at the moment is there? there's been no rumors there's nothing there's nothing being discussed outside the Swindon town fan base that suggests that Michael Flynn is on any radars right now yeah I've got to assume I, I did the same as you I went straight to the bookies odds just to see if he was there having played for both clubs and obviously managing very at a very high level at Swindon right now, but he would be going to two slightly better resourced clubs. Um, I think it would be fair to say were he to, were he to want to jump ship, but the fact that there is no suggestion of it makes maybe makes you think that uh, it, it's unlikely, obviously, uh, or subject to change as things happen. But you know, as, as you say, he's, he's speaking on BBC Points West at this point, so he's not going to say... Uh, maybe maybe if I'd asked him about how he's feeling at Swindon, maybe his answer would be slightly different and less, and less entirely up. A little wink to the camera. You happy? Of course I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's uh, he, obviously he's, he's saying he's loving it. He, he's uh, Everything comes back to Walsall. But um, he, he, talking about, he always likes to develop that relationship with the sports and try and understand uh, the people that he's managing. Obviously, I think probably managing Newport first develops that relationship in him because he would have had that being from Newport, Newport fan, Newport player, um, he would have had that kind of relationship. And he said that he, he felt that he had a decent one with the supporters for a time at Warsaw and had tried to do that. And he's you know, looking to kind of do that again and not wanting to be fake with anything with the supporters because he said that he knows that they can always tell when people haven't really made that effort to be involved in the in the community in that way. And um he says he's very much enjoying getting getting to be on that side with with the Swindon fans. Yeah, I, I was wondering how lazy it is to assume that clubs go for former players, but there's got to be. I think there's at least three managers of League Two sides that have played for the team that they're they're managing. So Matt Sadler at Walsall, Dave Challoner at Stockport, and Lee Bell at Crewe. So it's still very much a thing, and if we're counting. If we're counting caretaker managers, and obviously, <laughs> technically, <laughs> Bradford's, but I'm not having that. But Nigel Adkins at Tramier used to play for them, I think. So it, it's still very much a thing. So it maybe is not as lazy as I thought at one moment. I mean, it's definitely a thing. And I think especially when you can marry that with, obviously, Adkins isn't, or most likely isn't going to stay there long term. But 
you know, if you can marry that with someone who's actually <laughs> properly qualified for the role in the way that Michael Flynn would be, you know, you kind of had that that double part to it um, that where it would make sense. But I, I think it was you that made the made the joke in the lowest Angels WhatsApp group that possibly geography might sway save Swindon this time because. Hell of a long drive from Newport to Gillingham and Bradford. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that sounds so cynical, but, you know, geography. Uh, shall we quickly, swiftly go to the Joe Zone? <laughs> Let's go for it. Um, going back to the Notts County game, as you said, um, you've watched it back and you actually thought your team was better. Have you taken too much learning out of playing in such a high-level game? Have you learned new things about your team, good and bad? No, uh, look, it was a few things that we won, we won as crisp as we'd like to have been. Few things went against us. There was um, a few disappointing things that I saw. You know, like I say, midfield letting the runners go. Um, but yeah, there, there was things that did not, you know, not things that can be fixed. Put it that way. There was nothing that I thought, oh God, here we go. You know, there was uh, especially the way we responded as well, second half, because a lot of teams would have gone under. That would have been five six. Um, at not kind of, they they would have punished teams. And uh, they weren't able to do that against us, and we should have got back into the game. Um, you know, we we had opportunities and got in some unbelievable positions um, in the second half. So yeah, it's not. I'm not as disappointed as everybody will probably think I was. And then the obvious first question with Bradford changing their manager would be about Jake Young, um, and you know, a new man wanting to see about his players. Do you see? No, that that being a big changer in what you were thinking already. No, no, because he keeps scoring. He won't uh, won't have to worry about him going to Bradford. It'd be League One, maybe Championships. I was trying to buy him. So, look, that's all dependent on whether he keeps doing well and keeps scoring goals. If he don't, then you know he's. <laughs> we've got a chance of him staying, and that's if he carries on doing well and impressing. But we want him to stay, so it works. It's gonna work both ways, really. And then. Um, with with the sacking of Hughes, obviously, um, you said it's been a tough run for them. But you know, we I think we've seen four managers go in the last sort of two weeks in in the EFL. Kind of felt like it's hit ten games and people have hit the panic button in many ways. You experienced last season times of people maybe not being as understanding of a situation. So what are you feeling about the way managers being treated at the moment? It's too easy, isn't it? Oh, it's ten games. They've just let them spend the majority of the budget. Um, but you can see you can see it both sides. You know, I'm not. Yes, obviously, I'm going to have my managers have them because I'm a manager. But you're going to see it both sides that you know with, they think if they change the manager, they have got a chance of rectifying the season um, and improving and still getting to the end goal that they they thought. Um, what goes on behind the scenes, I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying there is any fallouts, but sometimes there is, sometimes there's not. Um, and also, there's there's different types of owners. You know, some foreign owners, British owners, and they do react differently. Uh, but ultimately, if you're winning football matches, you tend to be all right, believe it or not. Learning from high-level performances and the treatment of managers, did you get what you wanted? Yeah, mostly. Um, I didn't get my head chewed off on, I thought, potentially, uh, not necessarily a contentious question, but I've asked less and been... Um, and got um, a different re- response for asking similar things that could go negative, like the "what did you learn from this performance" thing. Um, so I, I was, so I, you know, I was, I was pleased with the answer. I'm pretty sure I've used the quotes already, so I, I think we did get some good things out of it. And um, 
you kind of always going to get the 50-50. I can see it from both sides on asking about the manager thing. But I did think from his own experience, particularly last season at Walsall, maybe um, he, he would have an interesting insight on you know, the, that kind of panic button from from ownership. Cool. Okay. Um, we did have a player after, was it a couple off or was it just the one? Anyway, we got Dan Kemp. What a privilege. The usual stuff, but another terribly nice sounding chap. Yeah, he's, he's lovely. I've spoken to Dan Kemp a few times, um, obviously, because he very regularly plays well on match day. So we have to speak to him then. But he's, he's very nice. As you say, it's you know, normal stuff you're going to get from, from pretty much all the players, possibly Charlie Austin notwithstanding. But there's some interesting stuff that he says in there. And um, as always, we have to get the come dine with me updates. What were the what were the big bits for you for Dan Kemp? Well, I thought the interesting bits was obviously he's really good friends with uh, Jake Young. So the fact that he's not available this weekend was always going to be an interesting avenue. And, you know, what his relationship is like with Rashawn Hepburn Murphy, because obviously they, they've played together for a little while now. But that relationship between the front three has been a big part of what Svindon have done. So someone coming out of that and someone else coming in is, is quite an interesting dynamic. And uh, it was interesting the way he, he spoke about Hepburn Murphy and, and the way that you know he, he does feel like he has that relationship already. And uh, he just he did seem genuinely quite excited to just sort of be able to kick it in behind and let Hepburn Murphy run onto it because he's going to be outrunning basically anyone in this league. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely in the I'm enjoying Dan Kemp for as long as we've got him school of thought because... Yeah, I'll be cynical and say there's no way we keep him beyond January unless we can pay up because League One is going to want Dan Kemp, you know, regardless to whether we can afford it or not. Yeah, 100% Dan Kemp should not be in this division. It's been, I think, he's probably the best player we've had for probably since the Wellens champion season. I think he's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, he should be playing League One, if not Championship. And what whatever possessed MK Dons to not even just keep him in League Two, but loan him out to another League Two team still doesn't make sense to me. And as you say, it, it, I can't see it getting beyond that first week in January. Yeah, he's so good. The 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 first touch of the Notts County game is no is not relevant. Yeah, it was funny, but like I think if a di- if a different player in a different season's doing that, then then that's that's getting a lot more highlighted on it. But you know, Dan Kemp can get away with it because you know he probably. Probably, and if he does it again, it'll probably go in the back of the net somehow. I'm sure we would have all done it, but can we just take a moment to really chuckle at how Notts County fans have latched onto that? Like, like it is just the funniest thing they have ever seen. It's funny. It's funny. It's fine. They're just absolutely beside themselves with this. It was peculiar. I've got to admit, I didn't see it in real time. I was doing updates, but watching it back, it's it's pretty ridiculous. But I mean, the League Two look, brings up a lot, a lot worse stuff than that. Quite often, I think. I'd love to know what your updates are in the first second. Uh, kick off usually. Touche. Joe's own part two with the all important come dine with me question. Um, on Rush, because obviously we've, we've heard so much about yours and Jake's relationship and the, the way you've obviously played with him, Charlie Austin, as well. How much time have you had with Heber Murphy on the training ground as well? Because obviously that was the preseason, but then he was out. He's back in. And he's not starting. So, what, what's your relationship like with him? No, no, a really good relationship. Um, I think um, when I first come in, it was predominantly uh, I was playing a lot of the time with Russian Chaz in pre-season games and in training and stuff. So, um, I know definitely what his strengths are, and he knows what's good in me. I think 
even to the Sutton game, he he gave me an assist with a great uh, pass. So I think there's de that's definitely in a relationship that's there also. Um, he's a with good players, it's easy to create that relationship because you sort of don't really have to speak too much. You can like um, do it with body uh, body language and little like little cues and stuff. So it's not something that we've had too many opportunities to do, but when training and within the games I play with him already, there is that good relationship there. Yeah, then we're going to need a come dine with me update between uh, you, Jake, uh, Gogmaker and McEachran. Yeah. Uh, whose week is it and how did last um, it was, uh It was meant to be George's week, but he was unwell, so we had to change it slightly. Um, but I think we're back to Ivar. I think it could be... I'm going to say we'll go back to George because he hasn't cooked, so it'll be George's, so the pressure will be on, so... Obviously, we won't have it today because we'll be travelling overnight and stuff, but for the home game against Newport, it'll be down to George to um, show us what he's got again. So the illness wasn't caused by his cooking last week? Then we no, definitely that. not. Definitely not. No one's, no one's uh, cooking caused George to be illness. To be <laughs> ill, sorry. Very good. Cheers, Dan. No well, there we go. We can now shut up. He's ruined the bit. It was not anything to do with the come dine with me <laughs> game that they're playing. Illnesses just happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm still chalking it up as lasagna game, but yep. uh, he's claiming that it happened uh, before they went to cook, but Jake Young's ill now too, so mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's a no from me, Clive. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not having it. It's absolutely a faux pas, and you can't muck around when it comes to lasagna. You've got to make sure it's cooked properly. Yeah, lasagna, as, as Tottenham Hotspur know all too well, is a deadly dish. Uh, <laughs> not I, think, deadly. I think we're lucky. That... <laughs> not quite deadly. <laughs> well, de de deadly for European hope, certainly. Um, yes, well done. We know, that, we know that Dan Kemp doesn't eat sauce, so we know why he's not ill. Uh, you know, I, I don't, don't know, can't say for Godwin Malifa, maybe he's made of sterner stuff than McEachran and Young, but... <laughs> Two players who who were part of that come dine with me are, have been ill since. Go figure. Go figure indeed. Right, so you're back ahead in the prediction league. Uh, you've got a two-point buffer thanks to those cup games. You're 9-7 up because you had that perfect uh, prediction for the Grimsby game and you got a point because you accurately said we were going to lose. You just rue that missed Blake Tracy uh, header because that would have got you the correct prediction of 3-2, but it was 3-1, so you get a point. Well done. What are you going for for Bradford? Yeah, well, me and Blake Tracy will be having words next time I speak to him. I'll, I'll tell him that, but I'll tell you that much. You know, costing me points like that on the low strangers' predictions. Um, for this game, I'm, I'm going to go... 2-0 to Swindon, I think. Ooh. I think we bounce back well. They're, they're, they're up for it. Hepburn Murphy, early goal, and we, we go and get three points and pull the misery on. Oh, I don't mind that at all. I went 2-2 again. I'm sticking on 2-2 for, for a little bit. I think they got Cook, I suppose. He scored, I think, five this season, so he's, he's doing all right. But I think most of those came in the same game. I don't think there's an issue with like the bounce or anything. I don't necessarily think that that's a thing, but it's yeah, two two, two two. But I'm feeling I'm feeling optimistic and away at Bradford, I take two two. Yeah, a, a point there. Well, traditionally, we score quite a late goal against Bradford at the mm. moment, so uh, a, a, another late penalty to earn a two two draw. I'll, I'll take it. That'd be quite fun. Yeah, I've said two two so much; it's lost its meaning. It's really weird. 
Every time I say 2-2, it just feels icky. I don't know why. Okay, well, look at that. We've we've almost done an hour, so a bumper episode for that long journey up to Bradford. Hope everyone has safe travels. I don't think, Joe, there's going to be a, a, a Reading presser, do you? I haven't asked yet, but there wasn't one for Arsenal, so exactly. we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Otherwise, it'll be Newport for the Flynn Derby. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down, and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Swindon! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.